Hi, and welcome to another episode of Jaded HR, a podcast for all your HR needs. Today is all about what dog breeds would make the best HR representatives. I'm one Ooh, of your I've hosts, Patrick Consilis. And I'm Warren Workman. And this is actually just a podcast of two guys that used to work together talking about a bunch of shit. The pains and trials and tribulations that us uh, HR professionals go through uh, that we normally only share with our fellow HR folks and because they can only truly understand what we go through. Too many other people would say, call bullshit on us if we start saying, oh, you won't believe what happened to me at work today. That's what we have here. So hopefully you'll enjoy and uh, we want to hear your feedback too. So you can send us feedback at jadedhr.com. We'd love to hear your feedback and stories. So what do you got for us today, Patrick? So yeah, we have a have a couple things today. I have a couple my my they did what's are going to be all entirely focused on very interesting employee complaints. Okay. You know, a lot of people think of HR as just the complaint department. I think if you remember I had my one of my favorite little swag that I got at a conference was the the HR employee complaint sheet and it was the smallest post-it note I've ever seen. Yes. You gave me one of those, and I had it all the way up until my last job, and I think it ended up missing from my my office at some point. Oh, no. That was so yeah. special to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and actually, that's something we had in common on our show notes this week about uh, complainers. So. Complain uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think a segment we I want to introduce is uh, employees we love to hate. And mine uh, okay. for this week is going to be complainers. So you you left right go. into that. So right. uh, let's let's hear what you got for the, they did what. Well, I can do a uh, yeah. We'll do we'll do. I have quite a few, so we'll we'll split okay. these up. Um, so we'll start with a, a pretty mild complaint. And this one, of course, they all come from Reddit because that's just one of my favorite new grounds for source material. Uh, from Reddit user the. Ten of Swords. I'm just going to read it verbatim because it's short and I want to give him credit. My work has one men's toilet. Had one coworker complain that another guy kept using the bathroom before him and doing big old poos. But the way he said it was like this guy knew when he was about to go, ninja in just before him, dropped the massive stinker, and then forced the other guy to marinate in the smell. We ended up adding a can of air freshener to the bathroom, and the next complaint that came in was the poo guy never used it. Now, this isn't personal. Was, we, you and I were the only men on a floor with only one uh, one men's toilet once upon a time. Yeah, that was actually the worst, the worst bathroom design ever because um, the urinals had no separator, and they were <laughs> right behind the mirror where you wash your hands. So that was the best thing about having only two guys there is we just we knew when the other one was going. So I was like, all right, you have your own private bathroom. Good to go. We could follow. Well, the ladies had it worse. They had that fabric-covered couch in their oh, restroom. Yeah. That was just foul and disgusting at so many different levels. Yes. <laughs> so what do you got about complainers today? Well, I, I didn't have a story per se. I just... Wanted to vent and uh, uh, let some frustration out on complainers. Sure. I mean, we talked a little bit in our coronavirus episode. You know, this company gave out some very useful, helpful uh, pointers for working at home. And an employee put on Reddit how unfair and insane and bad they were. But they it was really legitimate and good. I, yeah. you, you give someone something good and they're going to complain about it. You know, you, you and it's just... You can't win. You can't ever win. And if you if it doesn't help you personally, okay, just shut your trap. Let everybody else be happy. Uh, I, I worked somewhere where they gave the, their benefit system was almost a true cafeteria plan. They gave you money to buy your benefits, 
And if you didn't use it, it was like, well, you lost it. And uh, people would still complain, oh, I'm a military spouse. I don't need any of the benefits here. I don't need da-da-da-da-da. Well, you know, you know, I'm sorry it doesn't help you uh, per se, but uh, I was in that situation. I didn't need all the benefits, so I just put it all in a uh, FSA. Uh, that's all I could really do with it. It was more than I was legally allowed to put in the FSA, so I, I ended up losing some. But you know what? Just don't complain. You know, I think one of my favorite Warren stories when we worked together was I think it was the unicorn top twenty-five in his field. Oh yes, that came unicorn. to complain about his HSA. And the employer contribution, let me say that again, the employer contribution that we were forcing upon him, God forbid that you know our employer offered a, a pretty decent chunk of just free money. You didn't have to be a part of the HSA plan. You just had to be a part of Enroll one of the, the high deductible the high de- uh, health yeah. plans. There's a word there that I was trying to think of that is completely gone. But so, yeah, and he was just completely complaining. And I think you ended up just saying, okay, well, we won't give you this free money. God, you know, we'll just don't worry about it. Was it a unicorn or I don't think it was the unicorn who was complaining that. I think it was one of my employees at, uh, well, the unicorn was one of mine too. Uh, it could have been. Yeah, it could have been. But uh, I always uh, the, I always picture it as a unicorn. It was a more fun story. Yeah, no, uh, it, it uh, <laughs> no, that that just blew me away that he was just so upset he had uh, enrolled in a high deductible high deductible health plan and it comes with the HSA and the employer is just so mean and nasty we put extra money in their HSA for them whether they put any in or not and so uh, you open up the uh, uh, high deductible health plan you get a HSA automatically and then he got this bank statement in the mail and he was livid about oh gosh I, I didn't even remember this story but yeah yeah you know, we're giving you free flipping money. I just you remember know, just... sitting right there and just shaking my head the entire time. Like there, there are so many bad things going on in the world. Can you, your employee, and I, a lot of it, and a lot of the, probably all these come down to just employees not understanding or misinterpreting or immediately thinking the bad HR department is trying to get one over on me. So what are they doing wrong? And let me come just go ahead and complain about it without really looking in. The knee jerk reaction. That yeah, is, that's perfect. You know, ask a question. Hey. I don't understand this. Can you help me understand? Or, you know, something along that line. We're going to have to come up with a, a code name for this person like we have for the unicorn because uh, uh, he he's probably going to come up one or two more times. As he, he was just the gift that kept on giving with uh, HR and employee relations type stories. Yeah, and I have another actually Reddit complaint that all this because it kind of follows that. When I read this one, I thought about that particular instance. Uh, This one is from Reddit user Library Lulu, and they said, I recently had HR tell me that one of my staff had been undersupplied in his annual leave over the past few years, and he needed to take at least 10 days off over the next six months to correct the leave liability. Paid at a higher rate than usual to make up for the error, of course. He could take a two-week block or, say, a day off a week until he used the leave. His choice. He was so enraged over being given extra paid holidays that he wrote to our general manager to complain, screamed at me, his boss, I know my rights! refused to leave, or even to discuss why he wouldn't take anyway. I wrote his performance review this week. There are multiple goals about professional, respectful behavior that need to be reached in order for him to get a raise this year, which I'm guessing he probably won't. So this guy, HR made a mistake, which happens, and we tend to have, maybe sometimes we have to go back in, whether it's PTO or benefits, over deductions, under deductions, whatever. It happens. So, but this person was... Hey, we we miss giving you this leave, so we need to give you this extra ten days off 
with a higher at a higher rate to make up for it, and he was irate, and I just can't really think of... Well, first of all, I want to applaud that manager. How many times have you been in a situation where you have an employee just going off on you, and you even let the manager know, and they don't take any action? This manager's making it part of his performance review about his professionalism. I think... That is incredibly awesome. I wish that happened more often because, you know, HR, yes, we have the thought of being the police department of the company, but we're not able to really write that person up unless they really cross the line. Uh, But that manager has the ability to for, you know, just losing it for free, higher rate PTO. Yeah. Gosh, that's a that's a real problem. Yeah, and someone actually commented, which I thought was kind of interesting if you want to really dive deep into this, because you're trying to think, why would someone refuse that pay? And another Reddit user said, I can actually think of a reason someone might react that way. They've been doing something illegal, which would be discovered if anyone else was to be assigned to their job for a day. <laughs> interesting yep. take. You yep. never know. That is that is very interesting. Just stereotypical complaint or knee-jerk reaction or getting overly upset. These Most of the complainers, you know, if someone says, Oh, you know, I liked whatever better or I prefer this. Okay, that's fine. Got your comment. But the the ones that we're talking about, the ones that just go over the top and just, you know, get red in the face and want to argue themselves to, you know, they're out of breath. And it's just, give me a break. Oh, people. People, people. We love them. So yes. I want to I wanna switch things up a little bit because I found this. It's not really a an in-the-news article. It's actually this really cool HR blog who I think also has a really good podcast. But the, the blog is Upstart HR, and it's a very professional HR. But he gives a lot of funny insight and cool articles. But the article I found was Eight Reasons to Marry an HR Person. Hmm. And I want to see if maybe you and I could just come up with maybe five reasons why an HR person makes a good partner. Um, I'll give you a few just because I, it might... It might prompt some others. Uh, okay. So his were, um, you'll never have to uh, need to explain benefits again. You'll always know about your benefits information, which I always look at my wife's you know, benefit plans and 401k plans. And Same I, here. I've had to go and make sure you're maxing out your 401k and you're doing, you know, you're doing all this stuff. And So that was one thing. Any good reasons you could think that would make HR a good... We know all the best ways to sexually harass your spouse. Okay, sure, you can go there. Um, let me read. Not your spouse specifically. Sure. Uh, well, we come home with the best stories. We really do so, come home with yep, the best so stories. So that's a good one. Want to cheer up? We have the funniest, weirdest, and best stories. Uh, you know, a few other ones. Um, you're going to get an inside tutorial on compensation. So maybe if uh, your wife or significant other needed help with a salary negotiation, you could maybe help with that. Learning how to work around some of your company's policies so <laughs> uh, maybe, making her the uh the loophole like, employee yeah helping helping your significant other be a loophole em- uh, employee and mm. let's see we'll tell you the secret to surviving annoying coworkers. Yeah. sometimes some of that sometimes. goes back to just telling stories and venting i think but um i don't know this one it says we're all about wellness so maybe it's like talking about some of the perks you get for being an hr person and knowing the uh all the different things and perks your company actually offers and actually using them because no one else really knows since hr is typically responsible for posting and obtaining those perks you know it goes back to reading if people actually read all the literature they got they would know hey you do have this perk that, that was something we dealt with occasionally uh at the you know when we work together i mean it's just that's literally the story of our our time together was <laughs> read the goddamn email had you just read the email um you know i i have a little bit unique because uh dawn my wife she was in hr 
uh, at a company. She was in HR for several years before she moved away. Now she does payroll. So uh, we're not. I'm not terribly removed from the her being in HR, but I still I still love to hear her stories about what's going on in work. And uh, you know, payroll has some doozy stories too. Uh, Uh, as well but you know where we work we did both payroll and hr we didn't have a a payroll department totally separate from us well uh, yeah yeah not totally separate (laughs) but no it's it's uh uh they're they're you know cousins of each other hr and payroll depending on the organization yeah one of them says we bring him the big bucks but then he kind of had a laugh and yeah there was a lol behind that right yeah Yeah. i thought that was interesting no no there are plenty of us as HR people are awesome in every facet. So that's right. You know, you and I are off the market. We're taken, but uh, uh, there are plenty of others out there. Uh, you, the past couple of weeks, you've given some interesting stories having to do with uh, people shitting, and uh, I came. I found a story in the news I wanted to share, uh, a new shitting story. But this one has an interesting twist. All right. So this uh, comes from us. Uh, in from November of 2019, so there was a train engineer with Union Pacific, and this dude uh, uh, actually, uh, as the the case reads, he defecated on a knuckle of a connecting locomotive and uh, boxcar, threw feces-covered tissue out the window of the locomotive, and informed his manager that he left a quote-unquote present uh, for him. In addition, he extended his middle finger to the security camera on the train, <laughs> which would be observed by uh, his manager. So, guess what? They fired him. Uh, and that sounds like it should be the end of the story, but it's not. Oh, so, he, uh, railroad workers are covered by a union, and the union representative uh, appealed the termination. And part of it was based on the fact that he was dealing with mental and uh, mental health issues for this and that the right. termination was excessive discipline and the railroad should have required him to undergo medical and physiological evaluation before disciplining him. Well, uh, Union Pacific stuck to their guns, said, nope, he's still fired. Uh, and it ended up having to go to arbitration. And uh, of course, in uh, arbitration, uh, the uh, the ruling, uh, the employee was uh ordered to be reinstated. Uh, Union Pacific then appealed that to the court, and the court was forced to uphold the ruling. Essentially, arbitration, when it goes to the court, they cannot uh, overrule the, the finding of the arbiter They can, unless there's been found to be a flaw in the process. Did the arbitration company not follow a process, not on the elements of the case itself? So this person, after doing all that uh, and shitting physically on the train, throwing the toilet paper out the window and telling his boss he left him a present, was reinstated. Nice. And that makes me uh, think that, wow, uh, that was a strong union, and they they fought extra hard for this person, as I don't know yeah. how anybody in their right mind can say that that person deserves to keep their job. And I guess something like that, does the employee want to be there still? Like, you would think that's like a, hey, this is my FU to... This is my, my final act. I, I would see that as almost akin to a resignation. If you're you're doing something like that, you're asking to be fired in not so many words. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I just I just don't just don't understand where the logic behind that is. And if, unfortunately, Union Pacific no longer has any legal recourse 
But, um, you know, I'm sure right. someone like that will find themselves out of a job sooner or later. Let's see if I have any good shit. I, I read a couple good shitting stories, but maybe we'll save those for another day. Because that seems to happen a lot at workplaces. I've, <laughs> I've read a few about, one of them had to do with a, an employee that just had a, he had some kind of illness that caused him to basically shit in his pants at work and have it fall out all over the place. Oh, Lord. People complained to HR about it, and they ended up just actually sending pictures of piles in the hallways to HR, say, hey, we got to do something about this. And I think finally HR put this person on disability somehow and, and got... Forcing them on disability. That, something like that, yeah. yeah. Probably not a good good practice there. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of stories out there. Yeah, I, I've got a couple of future story ideas for shitting as well. So it's... Maybe uh, we just change this to shit HR. <laughs> shit HR. Oh, uh, yeah. They, these um, employees will never cease to amaze you. Yes. Well, that that story sort of leads me into, you know, that person had such a strong union presence and coverage with their union. They were allowed to retain their job, which got me thinking, what would be the worst industries to work in HR? And what what are some of the industries you think might be just just trouble areas for being an HR professional? I mean, you read everything you read, like for Sherm, it's always manufacturing. Every HR example seems to be like a manufacturing company, which I've never done. No, I've never done manufacturing. I honestly think any retail HR has got to be the worst HR if you work. And a lot of small retail probably don't even have HR departments, but I imagine anything that has to do with retail or maybe entertainment. I'd I'd put retail on my list. Uh, You know, I, I just, you know, because they have to deal with customers and those customers are going to draw out the worst in their employees, and it's going to be a downward spiral from there. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of times dealing with people who are new to the workforce or maybe, you know, are having difficulties finding jobs elsewhere. So maybe they, uh, you're not always getting the cream of the crop there. Yeah. You know, I'll, you, I'll, now that I think about it, as soon as I sit, I'm sitting here thinking, because retail people and HR people are actually so similar in the, the stuff that they have to deal with all the time. Yes. So I say that would be really hard, but I think if you actually, if they got together and maybe shared some horror stories, because the HR persons deal with the employees, but the employees have to deal with those, you know, frontline, let me speak to your manager customers. And so really the retail retail workers and HR are probably very similar in the sense that they're so jaded by people at this point, they really share a common purpose, which is just hating people, stupid people. The only time I've ever been written up in my professional career uh, I was uh, a, a retail manager, and boy, I am the worst person on earth to put in that role. Yeah, uh, that, that doesn't seem like a good fit. No, not a good fit at all. I, I was having a rough day. Like, we were understaffed. I was working on the floor, and this this customer who came in all the time and had to complain about something all the time uh, came to me, and I don't even know what her complaint was. It's been, you know, 25-plus years or whatever, but she had a complaint, and I just said, oh, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. And she came out with, the, what happened to the customer is always right. And I looked at her, and I said, if I'm not always right, you're definitely not always right. And uh, <laughs> she, she reported me, and uh, you know, I, got, I got a little slap on the wrist, but you know, I just was not going to, I couldn't deal with her anymore. I was like, no. Uh, she was always coming up with something. Well, these were on sale last week, so why can't you sell them to me for the same price this week? And you know, if you go on that, at some point, everything in that store was going to be on sale. At you know, I just give you the lowest price of the year. Just, she was always up to something. 
I love oh, stories I like that. And that reminds me of like, my dad always tells a story. My grandpa and my dad, they had restaurants forever and they used to have a tasty freeze down in Yorktown, Virginia, like back in the day. And he always tells a story about this customer, this lady came in and she kept, he was working the, the order desk and taking orders and this lady was ordering for her family and she was saying little little joe wants you know a hamburger and a coke and naming all these people and everything they want and she got to the point where she kept changing her order she's like well can you change that coke to a pepsi and change that to whatever and finally at some point she said can you change that to an orange soda and my dad did this like little magical hands like nope (laughs) (laughs) that was that's my dad's favorite customer interaction story that I'm sharing. Oh, uh, no, restaurant is another uh, industry, you know, it goes along hand in hand with retail, where uh, I don't know if I'd want to be working in HR in the restaurant industry. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they got some awesome stories. Oh, yeah. uh, so please send them to us. But uh, I just, uh, you know, I don't think that that's... Uh, I know I worked in restaurants and I saw the stuff going on. You know, I was a teenager and working through college. I've worked at various restaurants and kitchens and uh, I saw what happened, you know, in the back of the house. And, uh, you know, they were all basically small companies except for one that, uh, you know, I never even heard of what HR was uh, back then. Oh, yeah. Let's turn but, that around. What are some of the best HR industries you think to work in? Well, in and I'm biased to this. I think professional services overall is very. I've worked in two professional service firms. Uh, it was very the the problems were very unique, but they weren't overwhelming. It was there wasn't a, as much drama. I'm not going to say there wasn't any. There wasn't mm-hmm. as much drama uh, working at either a law firm or CPA firm. So not as many problems, but when you do get a problem, it's a doozy. Oh, it was a doozy. You know, yeah. big there there was big ones. And, they, you know, people usually, you know, when there was issues, people generally, you know, they're very stereotypical, you know, I, I want to call high schoolish employee relations issues. People resolved amongst themselves. You know, I knew about them and I'd just say, okay, well, just keep me informed if it doesn't resolve itself. And uh, that usually, that was our, our, our common response for us it worked out uh, fairly well yeah i think it'd, it'd be cool to work like a small hr in like a video game design company or something where it's a, one of those trendy kind of, and... kind of more laid back trendy but i'm sure there's every every industry has their share pluses and of, minuses yeah woes and horror stories can't wait to hear about them because you know, i've been working in hr for 10 plus years but in some different industries nonprofit, for-profit education logistics but they're all so different. They all carry so many different things. So it'll be interesting right. to hear about a lot of the different stories out there. Now, here's here's another thought. Uh, I want to get your, your feelings on for going to, what would you think about working in the HR department of SHRM? I, I can potentially uh, see that as every action you take being double and triple guessed and things along those lines. So what, what would you think about working in that type of environment? I don't know. I mean, is SHRM only housed by HR people? So is everyone uh, that works for Sherman an HR person? Oh, I'm sure. Not they got their accountants and marketing. And, True. You know, so I guess you're saying like, the HR person for the HR. I don't know what are they, gurus. What do you yeah, consider Sherman? Are they the premier HR uh, information organization? Center? Yeah. Yeah. Professional. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah know, that'd probably I, be pretty stressful. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then as I was thinking about that, once again, at both the uh, uh, the CPA firm I had had a HR consulting uh, wing of it, and Actually, I loved interacting with those people. You know, they, they were the closest kin to me that I had in the organization. Is our, our internal HR department was much smaller than our HR consulting uh, firm. 
And then uh, also went to the law firm. The law firm I worked with is widely known for its labor employment practice. And I, I really enjoyed getting to to work with them. And I, I didn't get second guessed by uh, well, uh, uh, the HR consultants at the CPA firm or uh, the attorneys. But, you know, they aren't practitioners. You know, they have uh, a completely different look at the, the world of HR and what we do. But it, it, those were good experiences there. Well, speaking of good experiences, one of my, uh, my unique business practice of the day revolves around uh, unique wellness programs. Okay. So we're all under quarantine now, so we're all doing our home wellness. But I just wanted to, I wanted to see if there were any cool things that some companies did. Um, and I did find a few. Okay. So do you know what SpaceX does for their employees? Ooh, no, but I am an ultra fanboy yeah. of... Uh, SpaceX. So SpaceX has an on-site masseuse for their employees to help you know, reduce stress. You can go and get a massage. So I think that that would be a, a pretty nice little little perk. And another company that is kind of in a similar vein, transfer-wise, they're a Estonian, UK-based money transfer service company. But what they have that's really cool is they have an in-office sauna for all their employees to use. So you can go and sit in the sauna and relax. Yeah, now I'm starting to see all sorts of <laughs> harassment claims coming out of out of, out of that one. Yeah, but they'll be really creative and really clever. <laughs> Maybe it's a small company, and this you know this list is a list I found on the internet, so yeah. who knows how this is true. Um, but some of the other things that I thought were were cool from this was it's a there's a European company um, I think it's called Hot Start, and their wellness program was more of a work from home program. So using work from home as wellness, but what they did was they gave employees up to a four thousand dollar or euro equivalent to spend on home office supplies, so they can make their home office as comfortable and as fitting as they needed to match their work environment. Okay. So that was pretty cool. And so ensuring your employees have updated technology and security and all that stuff at home to be able to work from home and feel relaxed and good about it—that sounds like a really good wellness strategy. No, I, I like that. If you give your employers up front, employees up front, a nice little sum of money to build their office uh, the way they want to. I know uh, my wife is uh, currently working from home due to the uh, the coronavirus scare, and they've been told to work from home until for thirty days. So yeah, uh, I had a, a you know a little dinky desk. It, it seemed much better days. So you know this was sort of the gave us the impetus we needed. To, you know I spent a fair amount of money on a real desk uh, that we put together this past weekend. Uh, you know, I have a my own desktop that has, you know, multiple monitors and things like that. I've hooked up her computer to that. So it's basically went from my desk area to her desk area. As it and, should be. Uh, and, but, you know, if you, you set them up and let them do something like that, I think that is uh, actually, once again, we're not being too jaded here, but I think that's really awesome of a company to say, hey, you know, do it up uh, and, you know, do what you want to do. You know, if you want one of those standing desks or even those uh, uh, treadmill desks or bicycle lounging desks. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's hey. something that you could easily do with $4,000 for sure. Yeah. And uh, it's it's funny to talk about Jada, and the more I, you know, this is a cynical look on HR, but then the more I read articles and read things, I find myself sticking up for the HR industry so much in my head because there's so much, you know, there's yes. so many articles about how HR is evil, and, and some of them are very outdated because I think HR has gone through so many different evolutions, maybe, you know, going from personnel to HR, and now it's really moving into, like, people operations and that kind of strategy. No, I, I wanted to pick up from that. I, I made a note from our last episode 
episode. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about why be jaded. And, you know, our experience, and it, it sort of predates you arriving there, but uh, we had created such a high level of service environment there that uh, people came to expect it. And as the company grew and grew and grew, we necessarily we couldn't necessarily provide all the handholding that we used to do. So we created a monster with our own, uh, you know, great customer service. The, you know, the HR administrators, especially we had working for us. And I hope they're all listening were incredible. Uh, and they still are throughout all, you know, the whole time I was there, we only lost one that we needed to lose, but, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but no, we uh, uh, had such great people, but we, we built a, a reputation of excellent service, excellent service. And, you know, that's fine. And then you double in size and then double again. You know, we can't hold everybody's hand. And the longtime employees there really expected us to be there holding their hand. And and they got upset when we couldn't do these things for them anymore that maybe they would once do just because, you know, we created the service monster. Absolutely. And that's, what, that's the issue with one-offs. And that's why HR, or that's, that was one of the things I was going to say for marrying an HR person was um, you can always count on us being consistent because consistency is our, you know, one of our driving factors is always, you know, consistency with procedures and consistency with treatment of staff and policies and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, when you, you have all these one-off scenarios that you go above and beyond for certain employees, one, they're going to talk and share those things and say, oh yeah, HR, just contact HR. They'll, they'll do that for you. You don't have to worry about going doing that yourself. But yeah, you creating a monster for sure is what happens sometimes in those scenarios um i did have one more we, we got sidetracked but i, I just want to talk yeah. about one more wellness thing that i thought was pretty cool okay. and it was actually what netflix does and their wellness is not so much a wellness program but also more of a perk but it it goes to that mental and physical wellness and it's unlimited vacation days which i have no idea how they track that there's a lot of companies going to that infinite pto but then they're also offer they're one of the few companies that offers one year paid leave for um, parental leave for both oh, mother nice. and father which is crazy uh, I mean, I those type benefits are awesome if if a company can afford it. Uh, you know, good and, point. And, yeah, uh, and hell, they're going to have no problem uh, attracting and maybe even retaining employees through practices like that. I mean, wow. That's, so that's, that's one of the things, though. It's it's that it's expensive when you think about it from a company standpoint. But when, you know, one of my favorite companies, the the HRS platform we use. You know, their whole standpoint is always their people are always the platform they use. It's always people, customer, shareholders. So they, when you treat your people right, it's that trickle trickle down triple up whatever that positive effect on your no, yeah. on your outcome and i think that's that that's kind of that standpoint yeah that would be really expensive to do but if you offer a perk like that you're attracting the best talent the top talent which is not what this podcast is about no uh, but we, we're gonna have to come up with some practices that maybe some people have done that uh wow they thought that that would that would work <laughs> uh with that so yeah, I'd love to hear a story where us. <laughs> hey, we're gonna as a as a company, we're going to offer we're gonna offer free healthcare up to employee family, and then it just completely backfires. Or some kind of really cool. You think this of this really cool? They're going to be this. I'm going to be the next Google and offer these really cool perks, but that just completely backfires. But then again, you have so many. Uh, uh, you're too young. I'm a I'm an old geezer on the show. But uh, uh, the '90s, I was working in tech recruiting. These. IT startups, they were offering all these ridiculous right. benefits and perks and things like that. Uh, and then the telecom bubble burst. 
you know, right around year 2000, 2001, you know, that bubble bursts and, you know, wow, they, they spent themselves into oblivion. Uh, I remember one particular company would, uh, they were looking for software developers and they're put radio commercials saying that if you uh, sign on bonus, they'd give you a one year lease on a BMW. I was like, really? But what happens? Those, those companies, they, they flamed out very quick. I mean, some got bought by bigger companies, but you know, that, that bubble, you know, just burst and it, it really made a, a, a difference. And, you know, those type of practices weren't sustainable, uh, yeah. in the long run, but you know, it, you know, seeing some of the things these companies do, uh, you know, is, is a little bit, is a little bit crazy. Sometimes I'm jealous. Sometimes I'm not. Uh, yeah. Cause as an HR person, you're like, how do, how do we uphold those things? I mean, vacation, unlimited vacation. How do you manage that practice? I guess it's all on work being completed. Yeah. I, I think it, it, what it is, is you get what you're designed done, done, then you're good to go. Uh, I, I've been doing a little research on unlimited uh, vacation. I think it's really interesting. Uh, you know, it just requires a, a level of discipline. It requires a level of professionalism from your employees. You know, they yeah. they need to be able to take advantage of it. But some of the research is saying that people with unlimited PTO plans are using less PTO than uh, people on regular PTO plans, your three, four week, whatever it is, uh, PTO plan. You know, you don't have to think about it. You take it when you need it, but you're not like, you don't have to plan it necessarily. Right, and I think right. we've talked before about the everyone is always so gung ho about the very old school nine to five Monday through Friday work week when that that really doesn't need to be a thing anymore. We have the technology and the work from home capabilities and all these other options that that's just such a old way of doing things. And we definitely need to move away from it. No. And uh, we talked about in the coronavirus episode, this can be a real business changer for HR and uh, business in general about be. It, it, it's, you can trust your employees to work from home. Now there's going to be some companies out there that they're going to get burned and they're going to tighten up the the belt straps on their employees versus giving them more freedom. But I I think overall, this, this will be really interesting. A lot of new case studies coming out. You know, the, the nerdy HR person in me just gets a little excited. And, you know, the past week of the legislation, I've been following the, the changes in legislation proposed and what eventually did pass on the uh, you know, the Corona Act, uh, Coronavirus Act, Families First, whatever it's called now. But uh, yeah, there's been a, a lot of really cool things happening. So, you know, a lot of people think HR is a really stagnant uh, industry, but it, it there's always change. A lot of new laws, some good, some bad. Uh, always evolving, always perfecting ourselves. Yes. And there's an evolution. Sometimes we take a wrong turn and uh, uh, end up in some deep dookie. So we got to backtrack and uh, start again. But no, it's it's got to keep the shit flowing. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're going to have a common theme. Maybe uh, one of our uh, segments can be called where we talk about shitting shitting, uh, at work. So or or shitting related to HR is uh, I've got a few more shitting stories I'm ready to share uh, in future episodes. I look forward to that in future episodes. Yeah. Come to us for all your scat talk. <laughs> HR scat. All right. Well, I have one more employee complaint I wanted to read. Okay. Um, just because it was it was interesting. I think you you had a similar story that you shared with, with some of our, our colleagues over the week. So, so this is from uh, 
Reddit user Skittles and Whiskey was once asked to investigate a sexual harassment situation where three different women were coming on to a male coworker throughout their shift. I took down the details, got the names, easy peasy investigation, or so I thought. A week later, nobody by these descriptions or names have ever worked for the company. I decided to talk to the gentleman again, and after a lengthy conversation where things didn't quite stack up, I asked him how these women communicated with him. I shit you not, with a straight face, he looks me dead in the eye and replies, telepathically, like I'm some kind of an idiot. I have never sent an employee for a psychological evaluation up to that point and hope to never have to again. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you were mentioning this week, I, I had to invoke the Patrick stare, blink and stare method. As I, my, It wasn't HR related, but I was having a discussion with somebody who I already know has just a very, very different belief system than 99% of the world. Uh, not that I don't, but mine's based in reality. Uh, but this person started telling me about how coronavirus was pre predicted by a psychic in one of her books like over 10 years ago and all this. I was like, and she was dead serious. And I, I just, uh, all I could do was blink and stare the, yeah. the Patrick... Uh, method of uh, disbelief. So I think one of my favorite parts about this story too is when you just think about it further, he says, I uh, was asked by a delusional schizophrenic to conduct a sex harassment investigation on the voices in his head. And then someone commented, it's all fun and games until he blurts out, shut up you whores in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, well, so I don't have any other items to cover today. Now I was going to say, what do we want the peoples to do? We want them to give us their feedback. We want them to, uh, A, subscribe to us on their favorite podcast player. B, go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. We will respond to your review, positive or negative. So you want to give us a one star, give us a one star, baby. Uh, we'll uh, give us five star. We'll have we'll, plenty of those, I think. Yeah, especially early on. We got some <laughs> rough podcasts in there, but it's great. Uh, but also, we're on all your favorite social media channels. Check out Jaded HR. Check us out online at jadedhr.com. But also, send us your comments, your stories, uh, uh, your feedback in general, your your questions that you need some very uh, uh, stout HR advice on. We'll be glad to provide you the world's worst. Uh, HR advice. Uh, so you can email us at feedback at jadedhr.com. And actually, Patrick, uh, I, you know, I know we haven't published any of these episodes, but I went on to Facebook uh, in the jadedhr.com section. I asked people to send me uh, some stories uh, or things. So uh, a friend of mine sent a uh, uh, something in that they were asked as a question. So All right. this employee asked their HR uh, manager, why am I paying Social Security and Medicare tax if I'm not on Social Security or Medicare? It's a good question. Yes, <laughs> yes. It, it, they did not want to, apparently did not want to pay that. And I don't want to pay it either. But, you know, our grandparents and such are going to be very happy that we are to keep that Ponzi scheme going. But anyways, do you have a best business practice to share with us today, Patrick? My best business practice, my best HR practice is to... Pretend like all of your employees are fun puppies for the day and treat them how you would treat a puppy. Belly rubs, scratch them behind the ears. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, 
Until next week, we will see you next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Jaded HR. I'm your host, Patrick Gonzalez. Now more and more coming. Slap your CEO right on the butt.